Warning, Check the Locks podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the Locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. To check the locks presents true crime for the short on time. As always, I'm John Connor. I'm Olivia Cornu. Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case. Before we get started, as always, Olivia, happy Wednesday. Wonderful to see you. How are you doing? TGIW. Thank God it's Wednesday. I just need it to be Friday. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a busy week, but we're here. I'm happy to be here. I feel like I haven't talked to you in the last couple of days, so it's nice to catch up today. How are you doing? I'm doing good, and I'm right there with you, TGIW. Hopefully, if you're listening, this is a good midweek pick-me-up. It'll get you through the rest of the week, but I'm right there with you. I had some time off. I have to go back to work. Don't want to go back to work, but I have to go back to work. So, you know, just making it through, ready for the end of the week, ready for the weekend. So, Y'all got any big weekend plans? Not that I know of, but I'm also notorious for my wife having things on the calendar that is in our kitchen and me just not looking at the calendar that is in our kitchen. So I don't believe that I have anything going on this weekend, but I may have seven different things going on this weekend. And that is the fun of calendar roulette because you just never know. (laughs) And I'm sure it drives Kara crazy. She's always like, hey, it's on the calendar. It's been on the calendar since the beginning of the month. I didn't just like sneak it in. It's been there. So it's literally just me not knowing how to read, which is funny because I do a podcast where I read stuff every week. So Mm -hmm. just forget to read the calendar. That is very true. Well, this is a short on time episode. And as always, we don't have a lot of time. So I was wondering, should we just jump into this week's story? Get to getting, John. Get to getting. I got I got somewhere to be something to do. I don't have a lot of time. All right, well, let's get into it. This week's short on time case takes place in Michigan. Kevin Bacon was a 25-year-old hairstylist who specialized in vibrant coloring at Uniquely You Salon in Schwartz Creek. He was also studying psychology at the University of Michigan's Flint campus. According to Michelle Myers, a close friend, Bacon was a colorful, vibrant being both inside and out. He would do what he wanted, when he wanted, and very little held him back. He was attentive and could remember small details. Bacon was known for his colorful tattoos and his dreams ranged from being a hairdresser working the runway to being a clinical therapist. On December 24th, 2019, Bacon told Meyer that he was going to meet up with a man that he had met on the dating app Grinder. At around 6.12 p.m. on the 24th, Bacon texted Meyer telling her that he'd be out for a while and wasn't sure when he would be back. The following day, Carl Bacon, Kevin's father, called the police after his son failed to show up for Christmas breakfast. Soon after, police found Bacon's car in a Dollar General parking lot in Clayton County. His phone, wallet, and some clothes were all still inside the vehicle. Since Bacon stated that he was meeting someone, police were able to obtain copies of his messages. This led police to the home of 50-year-old Mark David Latunsky. Latunsky was once a well-off chemist and a married father of four, but had a known history of mental health issues. 
He was diagnosed with major depression, paranoid schizophrenia, and traits of a personality disorder in 2010 and 2012. Additionally, Latunsky was known for not taking his medications, and in August of 2019, his former wife filed a motion to suspend his parenting time. So before we go any further, Olivia, I'm just kind of wondering where you at. Is this setting off any, you know, alarm bells for you? What are you thinking? I mean, you know, as someone who's trying to use these dating apps, I'm wondering where I'm going to fall on the deadbolt test when we finish here. But right now, I don't really know where it's going. I mean, obviously, somebody was murdered, but keep going. Yeah. Well, when police arrived at Latunsky's home on December 28th, he allowed them to enter and search. It was then that they made a shocking discovery. In a secret room of the basement, they found the body of Kevin Bacon hanging from his ankles. Bacon had been stabbed in the back and his throat had been slit. Latunsky had also removed Bacon's testicles and had eaten them. He immediately confessed to the murder and was arrested on the spot. Now, shortly after his arraignment, a judge would order Latunsky to undergo a competency hearing at the request of his then lawyer. At this time, Latunsky was making bizarre claims and stated that he had come from royalty in another country. Twice in February of 2020, Latunsky had been taken to a local hospital due to apparent medical issues. Once, after Latunsky was found unresponsive in his cell. In late February, the results of his first competency evaluation were returned and Shiawassee District Judge Ward Clarkson ruled that the defendant was not competent to stand trial. In June of 2020, Latunsky had been transferred to the state Center for Forensic Psychiatry in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Now, something must have changed between the evaluation results in February and his stay at the Forensic Psychiatry Center, because on October 5th, the same judge ruled that he was, in fact, mentally fit to stand trial. In December of 2020, a year after Bacon's death, friends and family came together to honor their lost loved one. They joined together to paint the Flint Rock in honor of his memory. Now, if you're unaware of Flint, Michigan, which I know there's the issue with the water there that was national news and kind of at the forefront of a lot of issues in the past. But in that town is the Flint Rock, and that is a block of concrete and sort of unofficial landmark for the area. And for years, it's been used to paint well wishes, memorials and other art pieces. Did you guys have anything like that in your hometown? Well, I was just wondering, is this like a really big like boulder rock and there's different paintings all around it? Or like, is it something that they like wipe off and redo every so often? Yeah. So it's actually a giant slab of concrete Mm -hmm. and you can find pictures of it online, but they will paint the actual slab of concrete. And then what will happen is, you know, maybe the high school football team wins a game or something like that. They'll then paint over what was there before. and. I connected to this pretty personally because I went to a high school. We were the Salem Rocks. So our mascot was legitimately like a rock. Hmm? And in the front of our school was a giant rock. So for football games, for any, you know, graduation, stuff like that, students would come out and paint the rock different things. That's cute. Also not a very aggressive mascot. No, not at all. You know what I mean? Like we're the Eagles. We're the Lancelots. We're the rocks. We're just going to sit here in one place. I was the Eagles. Oh, yes. I've seen the cheerleading photos. These good old buttons my mom sent me home with that John's looking at right now. (laughs) Now, in early February 2022, the defense and prosecutors began to argue over what evidence should and should not be presented in trial. The prosecution argued that statements made by Latunsky and photos taken at the crime scene at the time of his arrest should be admittable. Now, what's interesting is after his arrest, police reports about past encounters with men at Latunsky's home were brought to light. And in one of those encounters, a man who was wearing only a kilt 
and then like belts that he had tied around his chest was banging on Latunsky's neighbor's door being like, help me. He's trying to hurt me. He's trying to hurt me. And then Latunsky came to get the man and was wearing the same thing, leather kilt, belts around the chest. The police came, I guess they escorted the man off, but there was no charges that were ever filed against him or anything like that. Wow, that's crazy. I was trying to put myself in the shoes of the neighbor. Right. Just being like, I have leather Braveheart like happening in front of my house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And it's t- coming from your neighbor who's a married man with a couple kids, you know, so it's not what you're expecting. Or, you know, has been married and has kids have been there in the past. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. Now, defense attorneys argued that these incidents should not be admissible, but Judge Matthew J. Stewart ruled that it was. As the trial inched closer, Latunsky's case was delayed again due to his attorney seeking another mental evaluation. They argued that Latunsky's mental state had deteriorated in recent communications. But by May of 2022, Mark David Latunsky was again found competent to stand trial by Judge Stewart. Now, this trial was set to begin on October 18th, 2022. But shockingly, just weeks before the start, Latunsky entered a plea of guilty to the charges of open murder and the mutilation of a body. He admitted to murdering Bacon, but stated that he did it after Bacon had asked him to do it. According to Latunsky, Bacon had told him that he had been suicidal in the past. Then the discussion turned to ways that Latunsky could make Bacon's body disappear. Latunsky claims that they had talked about using a sword to kill Bacon, but worried that it wouldn't be sharp enough. Supposedly, that's when they settled on a kitchen knife. Latunsky claims that Bacon agreed and said, okay, do it. Latunsky then stated that he stabbed Bacon in the back of his spine just below his head, but the blow did not kill him. At this point, he said that he didn't want Bacon to suffer, so Latunsky then slit his throat. On December 15, 2022, Mark David Latunsky was sentenced to life in prison for the murder and mutilation of Kevin Bacon. In a statement to the court, Bacon's family said that, while they finally have justice, it just doesn't seem like enough. Well, John, this one was kind of gross, and it kind of makes me worried. I think that Bacon, Kevin Bacon, did not ask Latunsky to murder him or to kill him. And if he did agree to that, I don't think that Kevin Bacon agreed to having his throat slit or having Latunsky remove his testicles and eat them. So I'm just going to go out on a big limb and say that I think that's all BS. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I don't know if it was a defense strategy to be like, yes, I did this, but he wanted me to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, because Michigan has a history of, you know, things like Dr. Jack of Vorkian and like assisted suicide and things of that nature. So I don't know if maybe that was like the plan was to be like, yeah, he wanted to be put out of his misery and I just agreed to help him. Right. Or if the mental illness was severe enough that that is literally what he thought was happening in that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, with schizophrenia, there's no telling what, you know, if he was having visual or auditory hallucinations, like you just don't know what he's hearing or seeing and what's being told of him to do, you know? And unfortunately, that's just another sad thing where mental health just isn't always well controlled. Yeah, I definitely agree. And like, also there's the whole online dating aspect of this, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and I believe, and if I'm wrong or if anybody knows the answer to this, please let me know. But based on the research that I did, I believe that this is the first time that they had actually met up in person. So it didn't say specifically like how long they've been talking before, but I would imagine like if you feel comfortable with, I'm going to meet somebody, the conversation up until that point had to seem somewhat normal, you know? 
mm-hmm. or at least in the realm of like what you were into. Right. But if you are on these like online dating or, you know, you're doing the dating apps, like please first date, don't ever meet somebody at their home. You know what I mean? Like public place, drive yourself so that you have a way out. Like, you know, it's just, and it's not victim blaming. I'm not being like, well, he shouldn't have no, done no. this. But I mean, I I'm it, someone who dates on the dating apps and my whole family has my location and I let someone know when I'm, you know, going to meet somebody I've never met before and where we're going. I, I mean, I lay all those details out. I mean, I do a true crime podcast. I'm not naive to think that they couldn't happen to me. It a hundred percent can happen to me. And I think when it comes to the deadbolt test, that's one of my biggest fears of like dating, dating apps is like getting kidnapped and murdered or whatever. And so on that aspect, I'm putting it as a 10. Yeah, I'm definitely there with you. I mean, I think I would put this at probably about an eight. Um, I think part of the reason for that, though, is that I'm not actively on these apps, right? Like, I'm an old man. When I met my wife, I don't even think like Tinder or anything like that was even a thing, you know? I remember mm-hmm. there was like plenty of fish and like, you know, Match has always been around, stuff like that. But like, there wasn't like an app on your phone. Um, yeah. I remember back then too, that was like when Snapchat was like used or seemed to be used specifically to like only send dirty stuff. Like mm-hmm. teenagers didn't have snap. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was like, you could send stuff and it disappears. It wasn't like a social media thing. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm just yeah. so out of that realm that I don't think I would worry about this happening, but I do have friends. I have, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? Like you're on those ass. You're probably going on dates, meeting people, stuff like that. Like it's, you know, I think it's a really good example of like a way that somebody could present themselves one way. And then mm-hmm. you're in this one-on-one interaction with them. And what we talked about before, like you think you can dress somebody, but you never know what someone's like real intentions are. Oh yeah. You can never know. Yeah. And then an interesting side note that I also wanted to add to this. So, you know, as you were going through, yes, this victim's name was Kevin Bacon. And I can relate to that. You know, my name is John Connor. There's like seven Terminator movies. So I'm always associated with like, you know, here's this Terminator joke or something like that. But what I thought was really interesting is that this story, because of the kind of gruesome details and the cannibalism aspects, it made national news and it was like trending on Twitter. And Kevin Bacon, the actor from, you know, Footloose and a million other things, actually saw what was happening online and donated like an insane amount of money to his funeral fund because of that. And he put out a message being like, you know, obviously when I heard about the story, like it hit a certain way and I just felt like I had to help, you know? So I thought that was a really really nice thing. Yeah. It's a big thing to do. You know what I mean? So that is where we fall on the deadbolt test for this week's episode. Olivia's putting it at a 10. I'm putting it at an eight, but As always, we want to know where does this case fall on your deadbolt test? You can let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram at Check the Locks Pod, Twitter at Check the Locks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, do yourself a favor. Come hang out with us. Best place on the Internet. I say it every single week, and I truly mean it. I look forward to interacting with everybody in there. We're in there joking around, hanging out every day. So come hang out with us. We would love to have you. Also, if you are interested in financially supporting Check the Locks, you can do so by joining our Patreon family. Head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks. You can sign up to donate monthly. We've got all sorts of cool stuff on there, exclusive stickers, mugs, T-shirts. We would absolutely love to have you if you are able to do so. And if not, 
We totally understand. Just listening to these episodes every single week, sharing what we do with your friends and family means just as much, if not more. So from the bottom of our hearts, whether you're supporting us financially or sharing the shows or just listening every week, we want to let you know that we really do appreciate it. That is all that we have for this week's episode. Please make sure that you are subscribed to check the locks on your favorite podcast app. We will see you again next week with an all new, truly terrifying, bite-sized true crime case. But until then, don't forget to check the locks. See you next week. Bye.